Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. ML Sports Platter back with you, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Sit Mean Sit Syracuse. Make sure you bring your dog, any dog, any breed, any behavior to Sit Mean Sit Syracuse, the best dog training in central New York. Sit Mean Sit, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Cannot wait to talk to Kevin Fitzgerald. Does a great job as a broadcaster for ESPN, covering the college scene, a Syracuse graduate as well. And of course, you can get him on Twitter at Kevin T. Fitz. That's at Kevin T-F-I-T-Z. Fitz, welcome aboard. Mike, it's uh, been too long, my friend. Great to chat with you. Yeah, no doubt it has been. Name, image, likeness, obviously, is such a huge topic right now. Um, I love it. I think it's long overdue. How will it impact college sports in your eyes? To be honest, I think it's uh, I think it's just going to quite simply enhance things overall. And by the way, you and I share the same opinion on that. Uh, I think it's a necessity. I think it's a long time coming. I, I think for far too long we have uh, been attempting, and I say we, and it's of course the governing body, college boards, that has been attempting to just kind of play by these uh, you know antiquated rules. So. I think it can enhance things. You know, everybody can be a winner uh, with with uh, with what we're going to see moving forward. Uh, now, is it going to be different? Yes, but evolution is undefeated, and uh, it's 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 like it's the old Moneyball line: adapt or die, if you will. I mean, I think every everybody in this equation is going to have to adapt. That's the coaches, that's administrators, that's the NCAA, that's players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I, I just, I just think there's, you know, this this way and and uh, and the way we are trending with this, uh, just the an, an athlete, a student athlete's ability to sign an endorsement deal, just quite simply, you know, pursue uh, their own independent or monetary gains. It's it's quite frankly uh, a a uh, you know something that any other student. Uh, at that at that school at that university has been able to pursue on their own so i think it's super exciting i mean the last three weeks to be honest have been really exciting seeing some of the deals that have been announced seeing some of the endorsements you know, seeing some of the elation and joy that it's brought to uh, to to, uh, to to quite a number of student athletes regardless of the sport regardless of the area uh, you know of the country heck even buddy Bayheim has gotten in on the action here my only my only advice for Buddy is we got to get him some acting lessons here because, like, the, I can't wait to try the cereal, but we got to get some acting lessons there. I need a little, I need a little more camera presence from Buddy. See, I love two things. <laughs> I love two things about NIL. One is that it, it it prevents us from hopefully down the line just saying 
pay the players. It's just, it's just not that simple. I, you know, I agree. The, the sports that move the needle, we know. College football, men's college basketball, no disrespect to women's hoops, swimming, rowing, lacrosse, all those others, all the Olympic sports in general, those two are the moneymakers, football being a number one. The second thing, I mean, look, you can't, you can't pay the rower the same thing as the Alabama quarterback when the needle moves in one way for the money and, and there's no money at the other way. The other thing that I think it really, really, really does is I think it's going to create way more opportunity for the mid-level to low-level or in college basketball, that damn mid-major label, which I wish they'd get rid of. But, you know, for those programs, the Vanderbilt footballs, the St. Bonaventure basketballs, yes, I had to use my school as an example. But I think it's going to be a great opportunity for some of those folks to say, hey, wait a second, we're going to get you some sponsors here. RAD can work with this person, that person, the auto dealer. And the head coach then says, that looks pretty sweet if we if we give you a starting job right away, right, as opposed to sitting for three years at NC State and then playing only one year and not getting any kind of endorsement deal until people even know your name and then you're out of college. You can do that right here, right now, and start and become a star and maybe even become a pro. Yeah, I think it's all about what the player – at the end of the day, I mean, it still comes down to what the player is going to prioritize. I think the the cream of the crop top-level talent, regardless of sport, I think most of them are still going to have the awareness like, oh, hey, cool, if, if, a, if a worthwhile opportunity falls in my lap or if I spend a little time pursuing some sort of endorsement deal or, or monetary opportunity while I'm in school, great, I'll reap the benefits from that. I do believe the top talent is, you know, the priority is still going to, I, I think the underlying thought should still be, yeah, but re- remember, in a couple of years, or or if you still, as long as you are devoting the same amount of dedication to your craft, the, the love of whatever sport that you play, remember the big payday is certainly coming when you still, you know, that still comes at the professional level. But you bring up a good point. You know, maybe it's maybe it's a, a four year star. Um, you know, in a sport, it could be basketball, it could be the four year star who at the end of his four years or his or her four years of competing in that sport, their prospects of playing professionally, maybe they're still kind of on the fringe. Um, and, and so to be quite honest, it's going to depend on, you know, what you prioritize. But yes, it gives that player the ability to, yeah, you know, make some, hey, take a look at, you know, take a look at the, the twin basketball players. At Fresno State, the uh, as they are known on their gosh, I think it's their their illustrious TikTok channel that has like three three point five million followers. Yeah. Followers, the Calendar Twins, you know, they just signed an endorsement deal with with Boost Mobile a, a few weeks back. Yeah, so so again, it's it's if you have you know an influence, if you have a following, you know, regardless of what sport or how good you are participating in that sport. This just opens up the door to be able to benefit from that, and you know, just 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 try to think. Um, you know, let, let's let's say your your son or daughter is is a is a uh, a, a, a chemistry student, a standout at top of his or her class, and you have somebody saying there, uh, say, you know, somebody uh, somebody uh, coming up to you and say, "Well, you know, this this uh, internship that the, he or she was going to partake in this summer, we we can't pay them for it." Remember, right. we we yeah. don't know if they're going to be able to handle the payments uh, on a monthly basis for this internship. You would be completely dismayed. So I think it's just 
it, again, it opens the door for opportunities. This is America. This is business. And yes, I do think it's going to behoove these athletes, the ones that have true professional aspirations. Hey, just remember, like, let, make sure your priority, uh, priorities are where they need to be, especially for the top end talent. Because yeah, I mean, that big payday, that thing is coming. Although I say that and and then Bryce Bryce Young is over there waving at me like, oh yeah, hold, hold you know, hold my Gatorade. Hold, hold, yeah, hold, yeah, right. Um, Kevin Fitzgerald, ESPN, with us here. Uh, ML Sports Bladder brought to you by Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual in New York State and our good friends at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. I'll tell you something, Kevin. You think about if this were around years ago, whenever it would start, but the year I'm thinking of is there's three guys, I think, who would have really, really cleaned up. And one of them's Reggie Bush. One of them is Tim Tebow, who probably would have made the most money ever. And the other guy is Cam Newton. And obviously there's a slew of others. I mean, you're a Syracuse guy. What would Carmelo have made? I mean, come on. But but those three guys, and, and, and do any others in your mind kind of rise to the top thinking, oh, my goodness, if this were around when they played college athletics? Yeah, it's a great question, and, I, and that that has been a super fun discussion point that you know you and I are engaging in right now. Heck, my but you know my my friends and I, my old Syracuse roommates and I, you know, we have had that discussion, and we're saying who you know which Syracuse athlete or which prior athlete in general would have capitalized on this the most. I think you name a few good ones there. You could certainly throw Matt Liner into the equation. Yep. I think yep. about Diana Taurasi. I'm up from a women's sports standpoint. Sure. I wonder if, sure. if, if Taurasi could have been, could have become the most, uh, or maybe signed the, the most lucrative endorsement mm-hmm. contract had, uh, had these provisions been in place, what, a couple of decades ago. You look at a Tiger, you know, you, know, you look at Tiger at Stanford yes. even, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you took the words right out of my mouth. That was exactly what, was, what I was about to bring up next. You know, I, I saw, I might have been listening to a podcast or read this somewhere, but yes, but the hosts were, were discussing that point. What about Tiger, you know, back at Stanford? Uh, heck, I mean, there's, there's there, there are plenty of Syracuse athletes. I mean, think about that. I think it really, what, what kind of aids uh, in this? Syracuse is a great example. Penn State's another good example. A lot of SEC schools. When, when you are in a market that maybe is maybe is not very close to a, a large a larger market that has professional teams, that's where there is a major loyalty between community fan and that school. You know, and I think Buddy's a perfect example when you think about you know hey. Here's a here's a cereal brand that's selling in Wegmans, and you know Wegmans is synonymous with Syracuse and upstate New York. So, I, I just yeah, I think when you think about it from from that standpoint of, uh, of of the of the diehard college communities, college sports communities, uh, your your mind starts to wonder. I think that's a good list. Zaire, you know, Zaire, uh, uh, Zion, excuse me, Zion Williamson oh, yeah, as well. That's that, you know, yeah, j- yeah. just imagine he basically shows up a year or two too early. Uh, but but again, we know that we know uh, what his uh, you know the, the gains he will uh, obviously make throughout his career over the next several decades. But I think that's a good list to start with. You think about these could have been yeah the most you know lucrative athletes college college athletes during their time in school. Yeah, and I mean, look, you go back another seven to ten to twelve years and. I just think about the Fab Five at Michigan and the UNLV guys and 
uh, Desmond Howard, you know, charging towards the Heisman Trophy with that unbelievable uh, touchdown and posing, you know, the Heisman, and you're going, bang, you snap your fingers, and if you're a Nike or TV commercial or, 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 or a local company in Ann Arbor, you're like, yep, we're making that T-shirt, and we're going to make a lot of money, and we're going to pay Desmond Howard for it. Absolutely. It's like, I mean, it, it is, think about every professional athlete who has experienced that. You know, Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl a couple of years into his career. He's everywhere. He's, 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 uh, he's, he's on every State Farm commercial. He is, uh, he is endorsed by many products. So I think that, I think it's just, it's a neat vantage point to take is to look at it from the business, uh, the business's side as well, who, you know, are interested in having these athletes, you know, endorse their product or wear their brand or so on and so forth. You know, there's a, there's kind of a tactical, uh, there's, there's a tactical uh, uh, situation there from the business side as well. You know, where, which player, which location, which region, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the point here is business and, uh, you know, where, where will, uh, where will you invest the almighty dollars? So I think, look, I think it's just, it's, um, it's something that was a long time coming. And to, to circle back to a prior point that you acknowledged earlier, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, you get into a dicey, a dicey scenario when you talk about are these players employees of the university? Are you paying them on an hourly basis? To be honest, that's a way to kind of bankrupt an athletic department. And, and you know, you can't <laughs> – I know we like to talk about how the NCAA is a billion-dollar organization. I mean, that's not the case for athletic departments and schools. So this is a perfect way for these players to, again, quite simply do anything – do something that any other student at that university can do. And that is just independently – now, there, there to some degree is a little. There's a little bit of an aid coming from the the actual athletic department or kind of some of these third party companies that that are in essence acting as the agents uh, between player and companies. Uh, sure, there's a little bit of aid there, but it's you know, uh, you know, it's, it's it's means, it's gains, it's money that they are being that they are pursuing independently um, and, and not being paid by a university. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Lowe's Provember event is happening now through November 24th. It's the perfect time to shop GE appliances for all your properties, like the GE side-by-side refrigerator and the GE dishwasher with active flood protect. Durable and reliable, you can always count on GE to deliver the long-lasting performance you're looking for. Available today, shop the full line of GE appliances online or in-store during Lowe's Provember event, now through November 24th. Lowe's, the new home for pros, U.S. only. That time you got home from a week of double shifts and your dog didn't recognize you. Let's go. Hey, hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. Do you want a treat? You want a treat? Oh. You knew it was time for something new. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, you can find jobs with the work-life balance and salary you want. 
Plus, build a resume and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Start your search at CareerBuilder.com. Okay, as a Syracuse alum, do you get into this Bayheim's Army stuff? I, I do, I do. I, I tell you what, I have actually enjoyed TBT the last few years. It has been my uh, my summer hoops kick. And I mean, they, hey, is this the year they can kind of break through? I, that's that's what I wonder. Yeah, I, it, it's it's interesting. It, I tell you, it brings up a couple things. It, one, it is you know, if you're a huge hoop head, the summer is the dead time, and so it, it carries you through a little bit. But number two, and this is the biggest thing, it just reminds you, and I'm sure it's like this in a lot of the other markets too. But because I've grown up here and covered the team here, you went to the school. Um, and I know at a very small level at Bonaventure, it's the same way because we treat Bonaventure like our Syracuse, like our Duke, of course, like Kansas, whatever. Um, it just reminds you of the phenomenon that is Syracuse basketball, that Eric Diefendorf now has played basketball, what, o- over 10 years ago he played at Syracuse. Some of these guys over 15 years. Uh, a guy like C.J. Fair has been out seven or eight years now already. Um and every Syracuse fan is still dying to watch these guys play. That shows you the phenomenon of the S, man. It does. No question. And when you look at uh, the, the successful teams or the most high-profile teams in this tournament, almost all of them have some sort of specific college tie-in or almost you know, the, the university or that school is is uh, kind of acts as the, the, the parent, if you will, or or it's, it's, it's a little bit of an umbrella situation. So I, when you think about, think back to the time when, when you would watch Syracuse on TV. I mean, heck, I remember I grew up with, with the Big East. I remember watching Syracuse in, the, in the, the, the mid and late 2000s. I remember McNamara, and I remember David Dorf, and, and I, uh, you know, of course, remember Hakeem Warwick and, and all these guys. I mean, you're, you remember those names and then some of the recent ones uh, as well. Is it, is it Chris McCullough? Is it Tyler Light and so on and so forth? But I think it just creates a, a mini, you know, this mini delightfully nostalgic event, you know, during a, during a time when, yeah, I think a, a lot of fans may be craving Syracuse sports. Or heck, let's say you're a you're a diehard Marquette Golden Eagle fan, a diehard Ohio State athletics fan. So, and and in this tournament, we have seen the the alumni teams, and Syracuse is obviously a great a, a great example of that. So, I think it's just the nostalgia behind it. I mean, you you recall watching some of these players in their heyday, and it, and it really becomes this really becomes a, a viewing experience where you're sitting there, sitting there saying to yourself. I remember him. I remember him. And, oh, he was, remember that remember that one year, that one game or so on and so forth. So uh, I, I think it takes you back to those moments, which is, uh, which is, which is always quite a bit of fun and, and sometimes surreal. So I love it. It's hoops in the summer. It's, it's all these guys against CJ fair and, and, um, and so on and so forth. The Malachi Richardson, it's all these guys that we recalled watching years ago. And, uh, and, and and it's a little bit of nostalgia. And, and again, it's it's all of these other, you know, there are so many of these other alumni teams as well uh, that, that Syracuse runs into or plays or you just happen to watch throughout this tournament. So I think it's cool. Plus, uh, you know, 
what is it? Two million? Is it? Is it a million? Is it? Are we giving away uh, cryptocurrency this year? Yeah. You're going to walk away with a nice payday as well. So when something's on the line, I think it makes it that much more dramatic and fun. Yeah, no doubt. And and you, by the way, aging me there with. Uh, I grew up in the Big East, watching in the 2000s and dropping those names. Then I have to tell you that I grew up and watching the Big East in the 80s. Uh, makes me uh, makes me uh, really a no spring chicken anymore. Hey, in the thirty seconds I got left with you, uh, I've been uh, I've been trolling your Twitter here. I haven't written you yet. I haven't texted yet. But my God, what a golf course you played, huh? Earlier this month in Vegas. Oh my God! Oh my God! You are the you are the golf. Yes, you are the golf uh, fanatic. Oh, you would have absolutely uh, uh, enjoyed this oh. course. So. You know, I did a little West Coast trip. I, I uh, was just visiting several friends and, and did a couple of days at Yosemite National Park, uh, you know, outside of the Bay Area in California. was in Vegas for a couple of days. And now I've got, I, I'll tell you, it's called Paiute Golf Resort. Oh. And, you know, it's about 20, 25 minutes north of Vegas. And it is just this, this uh, serene, gorgeous, picturesque oasis in the middle of the desert. And, and so, you know, you have these stunning, stunning views of, of just the mountain ranges. And, and of course, you know, Vegas, it's, it's a, it's a valley. It is mm-hmm. a desert there. So you've got this course and then you just look out in the distance and you've got these vast mountains and, and it makes sure, you know, really, really, uh, you know, really, really enjoyable experience. I mean, the course is in incredible shape. I can't even imagine what the water bill is out there, but yeah, I mean, who cares? It's, <laughs> it was gorgeous, Mike. The next time you're out there, bring your sticks. It's worth it, my friend. Yeah, you get you get the double bogey, and you turn to your buddy and say, "Damn, another double, man! That isn't it beautiful here, though. Look at those <laughs> mountains, you know." So that's that's how that goes. The uh, legendary course designer Pete Dye. No surprise that it looks like that. Kevin Fitzgerald, ESPN at Kevin T Fitz on Twitter. Thanks, pal. Hey, thanks, Mike. Enjoyed it. It is indeed the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and our great friends at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. Visit them online at stanleylawoffices.com and follow them on Instagram and like the Facebook page as well. Be on the lookout for their terrific videos online as well. Uh, The Facebook Live with a bunch of legal advice. And oh, by the way, their partner, my partner, Music for the Mission, if you're in and around Central New York, make sure you go and check out where the Music for the Mission uh, boxes have been left, and, and in the future you'll see them as well. Slip in a couple bucks, right? Slip in 50 cents. Uh, if you're going to your local uh, bottle and can distributor, uh, Redemption Center, uh, you know, you get 450 back, throw, throw that change in there and maybe a buck. All that stuff helps. Every single dollar is one meal for the homeless in Central New York. York. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Find the ML Sports Platter on Instagram and Facebook as well. Let's talk some golf. 
Colin Morikawa winning the Open Championship, and uh, we'll set up kind of the rest of the year. We'll get into some things that this guy's working on with uh, with his uh, platform, and uh, you know some of the the late summer golf courses to hit before the bad stuff arrives, of course, in New York State. It's my good buddy Brian Jacobs from Brian Jacobs Golf. Get him on Twitter, at Brian Jacobs Golf, the PGA Golf Channel Academy lead instructor, Golf Channel Morning Drive Coach of the Week, Golf Digest, Best in State, Callaway Golf Pro Staff as well, and his website is brianjacobsgolf.com. What's up, Brian? How are you, buddy? Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. When you watch Colin Morikawa, what do you see? Oh, (laughs) I see a young man that is so poised and so um, intentional that uh, um, it's just a privilege to watch him. It's, it's uh, nice to see a young man who, who um, you know, has a good, good values um, and also is kind and also is, is extremely poised and not entitled. Um. What do you think the ceiling is for this guy? I mean, I, I, you know, we rush a lot when guys win early, right? We've done it with Kepka, Spieth. Uh, we did it certainly with Tiger. Uh, you know, now he's going to win this mount, or he'll be in this window of seven to ten majors. What's the what's the ceiling ultimately for this 24-year-old, Brian? Well, you know, I don't typically compare to other players because he's, he's Colin. Um, but, uh, I think the sky, you know, is the limit for him when you took, uh, Wolf Hovland and Morikawa and you compared them all, you know, college collegiate career and, you know, who the predictions on who was going to be, you know, the winner, you know, win the most, he was always picked. Um, so he kind of has the it factor, you know, he's, he's got the right mentality and he's got a great team around him and. Not that the other players don't have great teams, but they just seem to all click really, really well. Yeah, he's terrific. Um, he had played across the pond, I believe, in the Scottish Open the week before. Mm-hmm. And he had noted that that was the ultimate difference. Now, look, we can play a course. We can practice beforehand. We can play all the time and still have a bad round. I mean, the, the best in the world right. had bad rounds, and all they do is hit 30,000 balls a week. Um, right. So the bad round can still happen, but... You're, you're enhancing your chances at success if you practice and get used to elements and play around and, and, and obviously just kind of soak up more about a style of a course, a style of weather, being in a different time zone. Um, he changed weights in his putter quite a bit. He, he, he mentioned uh, there's some other things that he figured out in terms of the link style. Uh, and then the open arrives, and a lot of that was the same, but the weather was even better. How much do you think... For him, and really, frankly, for anybody, how important is it to play somewhere that's nearly identical to the place that you have to go the week after that you're really trying to to make something happen in in, in grand fashion like a major? Oh, I think it's imperative. I mean, we we I'm at a lengthy style of a golf course. We have high elevation, fescue, wind. Um, and when people come out there, we have gigantic greens. We have common greens, which people don't normally see, common tee boxes. Um, so very Scottish, right, Linksy? Uh, there's no water, though, unfortunately. The throughway is our, is our you know, ocean. But um, I'll tell you what, it, when people come out there, they just don't 
um, they can't fathom. They don't know how to hit shots. They don't know how to control the ball in the wind or how to um, handle greens and how to handle firm and fast. And so when you look at American golf courses in general, they're very green and plush and the greens are soft and they hold. And, and Linksy style golf is way different. The course is brown. It's, you know, watered by nature, more or less. The greens, sometimes it's hard to discern you know, between what is the green and what is not. And uh, it's just a different style of golf. And, and I tell my players, that I'm at Mill Creek in Rochester. I mean, if you can play Linksy style of golf course, playing a soft golf course is easy. It's so easy, you know, because you know how to handle the wind. You know how to shape shots and move it under the wind and move it above it. And uh, so it, it's imperative to get on those conditions and, we're not conditioned in America to play golf courses like that because we don't have many, you know, in the country. There, there's more and more popping up, but um, we just don't have those conditions. And so it's, I don't, for me personally, to even get off topic, I think the British Open is my favorite tournament. I like it a lot. I like it more than the Masters, the Open. Um, I just love that style of golf. I always have. Yeah, not only that, it's sweet when you wake up and first thing you do is turn on golf. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, it's, it's cool. pretty it's pretty cool. Have you ever been <laughs> over there for an open, Brian? I I have not. Yeah, I, I want to go. Plans. Let's plan yeah, it, I me have, and you, man. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, and I have a ton of guys and girls that'll go. Oh yeah. Um, I uh, wanted to go uh, last October. I had started planning. And uh, obviously, with you know COVID and sure. everything else, we couldn't do it. So now we're pushed into 2023 already because everybody's a year behind. Yep. So, yep. Um, but it'll be fun, though. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, look, next year is going to be just unreal. I mean, St Andrews 150th. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> if people people get into that one, that's going to be a, a memorable one uh, for sure. Y- you mentioned um, Rach, you know, of course, where you're at out in Western New York in the Rochester area. Uh, I played Ravenwood a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of other really solid ones. For for my folks who are listening who are really throughout the state of New York uh, and they travel to go play golf, why don't you give them a little bit of a golf plan in Rochester, New York, one of the great, literally one of the great golf towns Uh, in the country. It really is. We're really, we're Myrtle Beach of the North. I mean, it's it's incredible. We have Robert Trent Jones and... and, um, Donald Ross had the largest influence in our area. So we have a, a muni course called Durand Eastman that's public. Um, and that's a Robert Trent Jones golf course. So that's a public golf course. And then we have what's called the Finger Lakes Golf Trail, which is Ravenwood. It's also Mill Creek uh, that's on that and Greystone. So Greystone and Mill Creek are lengthy um, style golf courses. Uh, obviously, I'm partial to Mill Creek. Um, we are the highest point in our county, so when you stand up at the top of number 10, you can see the city of Rochester, really? Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. You have to come and visit. And I will. Um, unfortunately, we had a little fire last year, oh. um, but they rebuilt the clubhouse more grand, and they're finishing the painting now, and uh, they're doing some tree programs where they're opening it up uh, so that you can see everything from the hill. Um, and if you uh, want to play another public golf course, we have uh, Eagle Vale. We have, oh my gosh, Blue Heron, uh, which is a much more narrow um, type of golf course. Uh, and then obviously our private, you know, Oak Hill and 
touch cover officer and but you have to know somebody to get on those unaccompanied uh so i mean you could you could literally spend probably a month here and not play the same golf course I saw a tweet that I think you had quote tweeted, uh, and I'm hoping to get the last name right, Rick Sessengoss? Sessenghaus. Sessenghaus, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. what, tell, tell my listeners about Rick, his background, your connection to Rick, and obviously, you know, through Morikawa, right? Yeah, well, I don't have a personal, I've never met him uh, personally, but I know of his work. He's a doctor, he's a, more a clinical psychologist. And so he works with Colin Morikawa, not only on his swing, but also on his metal game. Oh, nice. Um, And so we, I do a lot with my players on the mental game. I mean, at the end of the day, once the technique is where you want it to be, it becomes human skills. Yeah. Um, And he spends a lot of time with Colin on staying in the moment. But if you notice his intention was, was unbelievable. So when you're playing length style golf, um, you can have intention, uh, micro focus, and as soon as the ball leaves the club, you have no control at that point. So you have to become very adaptable because a, a gust of wind could come up, <clears throat> it could hit the ground and bounce in a way that you have never seen before. Just because the turf is so hard, and so when you're picking targets, you have to start to predict, you know, or try to calculate a little bit more, like which way you think the ball is going to go, and you then you have to really have control of the spin, and that's why he won. He controlled his spin. Um, he controlled his targets. He um, his misses were um, far enough left or right, so that if he he did get a crazy bounce, you know, he was in place still. Um, and he never hit it out of play. If you watch, he never hit it. It was always close to being in play. And where you watched other players, they were not hitting it in play. They were in the fescue or, you know, in a bunker. They didn't predict well, you know, how, how things were going to go. And so they were very well prepared. And he, and he was extremely adaptable, which is um, if things didn't quite go the way he wanted them to go, he was able to recover. Um, and all the players are excellent. It's just he was in a mindset. Like, you could tell he was very calm. Um, he was accepting results, and he was able to deal with, you know, adversity when it happened, and he didn't get too high or too low. Like, you watch John Rahm when he played. He was visibly getting irritated because he kept getting these, you know, eight and ten footers, and he kept, you know, whipping them out, um, and he just could not make a run you know he'd get a little going and then he'd fall back a little bit so he he wasn't controlling his intention you know very well so if you watch the difference between their body language and you know just how they maneuvered around uh Morikawa really just glided around the golf course and um you know Spieth was charging and Rom was charging through the golf course you know a little bit different so and it's part of it's their personality, but part of it is just, you know, and they were behind, so they had to make things happen, which it's really hard to do on a link style golf course to come back from being three or four down. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Boy, it's nice to have Jordan Spieth back, isn't it? Goodness, he the putter, the, the putter, the putter is back, and you you know you know Spieth is hot on the greens, uh, Brian. Right when he does those little those little mini you know fist fist downs, not quite like a 
you know, a fist up. Nobody's gonna ever ever do a fist up like Tiger, of course. But you know that little yeah. that little boom, you know that little yeah. pop down, that yeah. little hammer nail fist to the ground. His yeah. putter's rolling. He looks he looks good, doesn't he? He looks good, and uh, I'll give it to his credit. I know a lot of people were calling for coach change, and but he had a plan, you know. And and um, knowing his coach, you know, a little bit. I mean, it was. Uh, um, to their credit, you know, they just, I'm sure they sat down and had a talk and, and just said, you know, we're going to stick to the plan. We're going to get through this. And, and it really became human skill for Jordan too, where he, it wasn't really technical. It was his brain. It was, you know, how he needed to get confidence back and he needed to get his intention back and he, he needed to stop thinking ahead to like the what ifs instead of what was happening then. Yeah. And so it's really hard not to think ahead or to, you know, I'm sure feel like your whole career is crumbling in front of you, but he's, it just really shows how resilient, you know, people are. And I'm really happy for him. I think it's good for the game. I think Morikawa is good for the game too, as you, like, I'm not a fan of this whole Kepka and Deshambo, you know, stuff going on i don't think that's good for the game at all i don't think it's bringing a positive light to the game where you see guys like spieth and morikawa and they're just they're good guys you know they're nice kids and you know they're the type of people that you want representing the game in my opinion brian jacobs our guest here on the ml sports platter brought to you by bryant and stratton college of syracuse and welch and company jewelers at brian jacobs golf on Twitter, BrianJacobsGolf.com uh, for the website. Uh, got a couple more for you. I'll let you run. What, what are some of the latest things, really more common things that you've been working on uh, with your golf students, Brian? Well, we we do quite a bit of uh, I do quite a bit of digital work now. Uh, so we're I have uh, opportunities to teach people all over the world um, digitally. So I've I worked the last year on being able to teach on demand and virtual and being able to put plans together that are customized to them. And so that's been a real privilege to teach people all, all over the country um, and watch them progress. And so, you know, we get A to Z uh, soup to nuts as far as swings and thoughts. And, and so we progress them through technical and then uh, we gain uh, some insight into their game through tactical, which is all their data collection so i collect mainly three statistics which are greens and regulation putts per round and their scrambling percentages Mm. and then um, we work kind of uh, from there trying to make them better ball strikers more consistent and then we move them into the human skills where we're teaching them how to have intention and how to be um, adaptable as they go through a round of golf and, and understand golf doesn't really start till you hit a foul ball you know, it's uh, uh, trying to keep the adrenaline down and the yeah. dopamine up. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of so us, we, it doesn't take long to hit a foul ball. No, for a lot of people, they hit it right on the first hole. And they're yeah. like, oh, as soon as you hear that's the story of my life, you know you're in for a Your toast. You know, yeah. a pig fight, you know. And, and so um, we do spend a lot of time in FaceTime calls and chat uh, mm-hmm. with our digital students. And then... My one-on-ones are great. I mean, I've got a really good culture, and they're all playing good right now, and mostly everybody's hooking it. So this is the time where they call and say, you know, I'm hooking it. i got to come in and see you. And I'm like, okay, we know how to fix it. I'm 
have a one student that just um, finished playing in the New York State Open and did really well, and um, he's a top kid in college golf. Uh, he plays in Maryland, um, was in a big tournament in Virginia, and then was the um, medalist as a qualifier here a couple weeks ago for the Open. And so, you know, we're seeing some success. People are winning their club championships and their flights. And so it's really cool. It's a neat culture. And I've got three kids down at uh, Pinehurst this week playing in the U.S. Kids Nationals. So a 10-year-old and two 12-year-olds. It's unbelievable. So that's fun, too. The, yeah. the, the, young, the young kids, I mean, all arms and legs, they're all lean yeah. and tall and good yeah. grief. They kill it, Brian. They kill yeah, the ball. Smash it. Yeah. Yeah, we... We tell them swing fast, and sure. I'll fix the rest. You know, <laughs> learn how to go fast first. And, yep, yep. And so I don't really, at the beginning, I don't really care where it goes because I know I can fix it. There you go. In, in, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say. in a lot of NFLers, too. So they're, they're just like uh, us. You know, they want to play great. And, and um, the guys for the Bills, a lot of them uh, that I help out are, amazing just incredible athletes and it's fun to watch them um when you play with them and you can curve it and move it around and they can't and you're like haha you're in my space now dude <laughs> you know if i was if i was you know had to uh make a tackle against uh, you know any running back in the nfl i would be in trouble but this i can do all right, and you just actually nice little segue there. I was going right to the Bills um, mm-hmm. interactions with uh, them recently. You know, and, and and what what have you done with with the team? And I know you like me. I mean, there there are wild expect. I can't remember. I probably the last time expectations were this high, I maybe was ninety three, uh, just because yeah. of how much success they had already had um, going into a year. I know you're chopping at the bit. Uh, for yeah. football to start, uh, and excited yeah. for the Bills. So, Tuesday. yep, yep. So <laughs> give me, so give me your take on the team, and and uh, you know the latest, greatest in terms of working with them. Well, I would say you know over the years, just from starting with Aaron Schobel all the way up to this team, um, the culture is incredible. They're just really, really good guys. They're very appreciative of you know um, your time and what you're doing for them, and. And they're getting the same type of person there, but they got to switch, you know, too, when they're, um, when they're on the field, they're not as pleasant, um, I guess is the way to put it. They're they're and they're very business oriented too. They're, you know, they're obviously getting more and more focused. They know their time is limited. Um, but I think the cool thing is, um, which, uh, when I taught, players a number of years ago they couldn't differentiate between you know leisure and you know the game and a lot of them just lived for the game and then when they were done they didn't know what to do and Hmm. and these guys are to credit to their organization um they're able to transition socially really really well and they are very very community oriented they're giving um and and please and thank you is a big part of their conversation you know with me in particular which um i think you know in this day and age a lot of professional athletes feel somewhat entitled maybe or um you know they're better than maybe somebody else and these these are some of the most humble uh young men that i've met in a long long time where they understand you know 
what they're doing, the purpose of what they're doing, and also how um, fragile that career is too. You know that it's very short, um, and you know that they've they've got an opportunity to create an impact not only on the football field but off it as well. Like you, you look at most of them; they're doing charity work, you know, for different foundations and they're raising money for foundations. Um, it's just great. They're going back to their colleges, their high schools, and they're giving back, you know, creating uh, scholarship funds and doing other things. So just, I'm really proud to be involved with the players that I am right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, PGA Golf Channel Academy lead instructor, Golf Channel Morning Drive Coach of the Week, Golf Digest Best in State Callaway Golf professional staff. He is Brian Jacobs. Go get him on Twitter at Brian Jacobs Golf and Brian Jacobs Golf.com. Brian, one of these days, I can't wait to be able to meet you. Hopefully, it's on a golf yeah. course. And, uh, yeah, you're an open invitation. The state's open. Get nice. up here and before we get closed again. Yep. And, um, you know, we'll play a nice round and maybe wrap a football game into that. We'll do a little sideline and a little um, suite. At the same at the same game and hope that it snows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Sit Means Sit Syracuse, Welch and Company Jewelers, and our good friend Heather Saxon at Hunter, uh, Hunt Real Estate. Go get her on Facebook, Heather at Hunt. Remember, home is more than just a place, it's a feeling. Give Heather a call today. Buying and selling homes, it's brutal. It's time-consuming. It's stressful. 315-727-3313. That's 315-727-3313. Heather Saxon of Hunt Real Estate, the official real estate agent of the ML Sports Platter. She is a licensed real estate salesperson. A tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare and the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the ML Sports Platter. Just wanted to spend a few minutes on Yankee baseball. And the Yankees right now are playing, as, as you hear this, uh, it'll be a few days, you know, have gone by and more games and whatever. But, you know, they took two or three from the Red Sox. And then they win against the Phillies. And these games right now, I've actually been into for the first time this year, I've been into watching the Yankees. I've watched them all year. I just haven't been into it. Volume's down. I'm reading a book. I'm sidetracked. I'm playing on the phone. I'm doing you know, work stuff, whatever. The reality of the situation is it's, it's very simple. Why? They have players who want to play and be there. They are winning by playing actual baseball. Did you see the Red Sox game? Games, uh, plural. Elite starting pitching. Good defense. Hitting the ball the other way. Hitting the ball really to contact overall. And complementing playing baseball with power. I have no problem with home runs. But when it's always about home runs, when it's always about exit velo and launch angle and walk strikeouts, home runs, it's dull. It's bad. You want to hit a home run here and there and complement it with a double the other way? You want to do that, Glaber Torres? Okay. As opposed to just going 0 for 4, trying to hit the ball out of the park every time. No matter what the score is. You know, DJ LeMahieu always seems to do that. He always seems to just hit the ball the other way. But a lot of these guys now, you have more players who are able to do it. You know, look, you call up Greg Allen. Greg Allen is, you know, 
kind of a baseball nomad to a degree. I mean, he's 28 years old. You know, if, if you look at what he's done, spent some teams, minor leagues, major leagues, uh, you know, certainly, you know, his time in the Cleveland organization, um, you know, he's compl- he's just a, a complete player and, and exactly what the Yankees need. He's a spark guy. He has unbelievable speed. He can play the outfield. He can hit from both sides of the plate, so now you're a little bit more balanced. Estevan Florial, lefty bat. You know, nice night against the Phillies, right? Not like you've got more lefties in there to complement all the righties. You know, now it's righty stand. Well, you know, you've got the COVID problem, you know, Gio and Aaron Judge and all these guys. But, you know, you're not as heavy right-handed. Now, do they need LeMahieu? Do they need Judge? Yup. But you need some guys from the left side as well. And I know Brett Gardner, I mean, this Brett Gardner thing is just getting, you know, I mean, enough's enough. Like, <laughs> I just, enough's enough. How long can you trot him out there? He's a lefty bat, but he doesn't bring anything in the field. He has a terrible arm. I mean, he's fast, and he on occasion can track down balls, but he gets worse and worse out there. On occasion, he'll pop it out of the park. He'll, you know, give you a base hit, but but really the guy is just, I mean, he's hitting what? As I record this, is he even hitting 190 at, at this particular point? Uh, yeah, I mean, 191. I mean, come on. You know, but the lefty thing, the compliments of, of all these guys, um, you know, now you've got lefty bat Odor, lefty bat Wade, lefty bat. I'd love to see Hoy Park in there. Uh, obviously takes some at bats. I don't know. I mean, they called him up. They're not even playing him. You know, but Greg Allen, switch hitter, Florial, left-hander. Now you're complimenting you know, Ryan Lamar, who's a right-hander, uh, even Tyler Wade, who drives me nuts, is a lefty. You know, but Glaber Torres, Stanton, LeMahieu, when he's in there, Sanchez, uh, you know, Aaron Judge when he comes back, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but they're playing with confidence. They're playing with uh, uh, a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, right? Uh, they're playing and stealing bases, hitting the ball the other way, complementing that with power. And, and I love that. I just, I love to see that. And that's what we got to have. You know, we, 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 we got to have, as Yankee fans, we got to see that, you know. And uh, I still don't believe in this term, obviously, the team long term, I should say, because what will happen is, you know, once everybody's back and ready, you know, the, everybody else goes back down to the minor leagues, which shouldn't happen. I've said it for a long time. Just release Stanton, eat the money, you know, start building a team back, you know, try to trade. I would still sell at the deadline. I know the Yankees. They're going to try to fight and get a wild card or fight and even try to chase for the division, but I, I don't see the division as an, as an option right now. I just don't. Uh, they could prove me wrong. It's still possible. There's still 60-plus games left as I record this. You know, but I would sell Britain. I'd sell Chapman. I'd, you know, I'd trade. I would trade a bunch of these guys, and I'd, I'd almost try to see if I could get, I mean, with the value of maybe Tyone coming back here a little bit, what can you get for him? Uh, and then, you know, turn the ball over to some of the kids and, and see what you got and move towards 2022, uh, obviously, if there's baseball. But uh, I'm into the game simply because the Yankees are playing actual baseball. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great, great friends over at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Welch & Company Jewelers, the Al and Angus Pub, and Matt Graham from State Farm. Get a free rate quote today from Matt if you're in and around central New York or even the great state of New York. Ask Matt about... 
the current rate drops at State Farm. Home, auto, life, bank, and business, and more. Matt Graham of State Farm, he is there for you. SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Tip of the cap, thanks as well to Prestwick Golf and our good pals over at Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports, the ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You can get new and archived episodes delivered right to your smartphone device. For example, on an Apple phone, find that purple podcast button, tap it, hit search, type in ML Sports Platter, and you'll get past episodes, new episodes, uh, past guests including Mark Teixeira, Eric Wood, uh, Kel Ripken Jr., Adrian Wojnarowski, Ian O'Connor, Armand Katayan, and many, many more. I'm on Twitter at Mike L Sports, ML Sports Platter on Instagram and Facebook. And oh, by the way, you can be on the lookout for my one-minute ML Sports takes and my nine-minute videos as well all over the platforms like Twitter, Facebook, IGTV, and Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Brian Jacobs for jumping on as well, talking some golf. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal and I know this is true because before breakfast (laughs) I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. price and participation may vary McDonald's I'm loving it Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.